It's time to talk parenting with uh, our resident human potential and parenting expert, Nikki Bush. And we're having this conversation in light of the fact that yesterday was World Sleep Day. And the slogan for this year is regular sleep healthy future, a very significant day. And I want to ask you before we delve into the conversation with Nikki, um, how important is sleep to you? Uh, Do you overindulge, you know, because of lockdown and COVID-19 blues, um, you know, or or are you a person who's kept up, you know, mind racing, thinking about um, the things you need to take care of, um, the things that you, the things that you need to take care of, um, your responsibilities, your worries, your burdens. You know, what what what's your relationship with sleep? Um, I know I've got a very uh, touch and go difficult one, being an insomniac, but you know we keep it moving <laughs> and uh, we push through with trying to exercise as frequently as possible. But the conversation that we're having with Nikki today is yes, yesterday was World Sleep Day, uh, and. Um, what she's going to be unpacking for us, of course, is the importance of sleep uh, as well as our ability as families. Uh, the importance of sleep um, having a huge factor in our ability as families to thrive as well as to manage ourselves better, both in normal times and during this global pandemic. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Good morning. Good morning, Rufia Ware. And it's so interesting what you just uh, kicked off with uh, asking people about electricity and landlines and listening in on people's conversations because (laughs) there is a connection between electricity Mm. and our sleep patterns and we'll get on to the corona somnia shortly but absolutely you know if you think back to times before you and i long before you and i when electricity didn't exist people actually lived according to their circadian rhythms Mm. And there was a natural rhythm of waking up with the sun and slowing down with the sun. So when the sun rose, you woke up. And when the sun set, you slowed down and you went to bed because you didn't have electricity. Electricity has actually given us control, we think, over our circadian rhythms. We can override them. Mm, and we often do. That's how we live. Well, we, we do. As a, as, a, as a general rule, we do. We don't. We actually ignore our circadian rhythms. We push ourselves way beyond where we should be. And we don't listen to our bodies. And our bodies are actually fighting back at the moment. Mm. And we need way more sleep than we actually think we do. And if, you, if, you, if we were working by candlelight, if we were working by paraffin light, we wouldn't stay up late. Our computers wouldn't work. <laughs> Imagine if ESCOM actually shut down at a certain time every night. <laughs> None of us could work <laughs> at night. <laughs> we could well, push the boundaries. <laughs> un- unfortunately, we don't have to imagine, Nikki. That is the problem. So the importance of sleep and how it factors into a family's ability to thrive and be able to manage themselves and, and deal right with normal circumstances, yeah. but extraordinary circumstances such as this pandemic um in the work that you've been doing with children and families how has COVID 19 affected sleep patterns in the household 
Yeah, well, 3,000 respondents in a, an international research survey in 49 countries, uh, 58% said during the coronavirus pandemic they were dissatisfied with their sleep, and 40% uh, reported decreased sleep. So there's the struggle to consistently fall asleep and to stay asleep. That's what they, they're calling coronasomnia. It's become a medical term, actually. Mm, mm. And this is a result of, obviously, the worries around the coronavirus. And what's happened with that is we tend to soothe ourselves by binge-watching uh, TV series, by um, upping our screen time. People are working longer. There's this term not just working from home but living at work mm. because we don't go to work necessarily. Sure. And then the, the whole isolation thing, you know, we need people to, to be part of our world. And this isolation has been a big issue. It's affected our sleep too. So that's, that's how the pandemic has been affecting our sleep. And of course, children um, being exposed to a lot of negative news. So TV, um, you know, has a, has a lot of negativity on it if, if the um, news is on 24-7. And many families have their TVs on 24-7. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize the impact of that on their children. And, um, you know, that can lead to fear-mongering. I'm not sure if you've been watching Grey's Anatomy in the last couple of weeks since it's been back on air. Listen, Grey's lost me at season one. So as much <laughs> as I love Shonda Rhimes, I can't attest to having well, watched it. Well, I'll tell you something. <laughs> tell me. That, um, I, I started watching the new series mm. and it's all based on the coronavirus pandemic. Interesting. Yeah. My mum actually phoned me this week and, um, and said she was feeling really down. I said, have you been watching Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> and she said, I have. And I said, be careful because I've also, and I've noted yeah. my, my um, anxiety levels and depression levels go up after watching an episode. So we do need to be aware of what we're actually exposing ourselves to. But there's more to it than this. And on a family level, uh, when you have children, we need to be so awake to how the brain actually processes information and why it needs sleep in order to do that. And it's because at night, the brain does an action replay of what happened during the day. Mm. And if our children have been, say, for example, riding a bike or swimming or playing tennis or running and skipping and jumping, what happens is that they um, have this, that the brain replays the activity which strengthens the neurological uh, pathway and the wiring. It's as if it's practicing all over again. And that happens during rapid eye movement, light sleep. Mm. That's procedural learning. And then in the slow wave sleep, the deep sleep, which we really need for that deep healing, repair, restoration, in terms of learning, academic tasks involving concentration and conscious awareness of what's being learned. For example, maths, maths equations. Um, those get replayed by the brain. Whatever's been studied during the day is replayed and transferred into long-term memory. Mm. So that's incredibly, incredibly important for children um, because their brain gets to have an extra practice session free of charge. You don't have to pay for an extra lesson. Free of charge while your child sleeps. But the key is, of course, to get to the deep 
sleep. Mm. To get to the deep sleep, to have quality sleep, to have restorative sleep, Nikki. So we've established the fact that, and, and I feel for parents, right, actually for anyone, the, the need to be on top of things. So you're constantly watching, consuming information because you want to know what's happening in this COVID world. You want to know if there's a new mutation, where it was found, what it means for vaccines, mm. if they, you know, when they eventually get rolled out, rolled out. And you've established the fact that we need to, you know, um, uh, we, we need to be cognizant of overstimulation and too many facts inundating us and causing stress. The impact for kids, the impact for learning, uh, the necess- necessity of sleep for learning in children. But the importance of sleep for parents, for adults, I mean, I think we've by now we're quite familiar with the refrain that so many people feel because they are working from home, feel that or know that they are working longer hours because they cannot differentiate between um, or stop working, right, at mm, 5 mm. o'clock or 4 p.m. and just say, that's it, I'm done for the day. So mm. work hours have gotten longer. The importance of sleep for parents and how it impacts the overall family unit um, at, at large. Well, it's huge because I've said for years, we make our worst parenting decisions when we're tired. Mm. That's when we become more reactive and less responsive. We become more snappy and we're not thinking clearly. And children need us to be responsive, not reactive. And it's hard as a parent. I'm sure you, you've said that you're an insomniac. I can tell you that until very recently, I existed on five to six hours of sleep a night mm. because I had children and I was building a business from home yeah. as now many people are working from home. And that means that you, you get your deep work done when your children are asleep. So mm. that's um, in the early hours of the morning or after they've gone to bed at night. So, the actual figure that we should be aiming for is a minimum of seven hours of sleep a night as an adult. That's what we need to strive for. And if you're getting six hours, start looking at how you can get maybe a, an extra 15 minutes. Don't go for the seven, the eight hours immediately. But let's Just l- gradually try and build that up. Yeah. Let's tease that out, though, Nikki, because Mm -hmm. so many Mm -hmm. people say, no, 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 I can do four hours, I can do five hours, and I'll be just fine. But there is, you know, essentially, if we're trying to get to that um, REM stage, that rapid eye movement stage Mm -hmm. of sleep, uh, which is about 20% of our sleep, you can't dictate what time it happens. (laughs) You have to work according (laughs) to your body's rhythms. Um, What do you say to people who say, no, no, I feel great. I'm I'm still, I can still get up and go with, you know, my five hours. Well, I, I also have, have lived on that maxim for years and years and years. I think what we lose sight of is that there's no way to bank sleep. So what we do is we have little sleep in the week, and then we say we'll catch up on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we have a few extra hours on a Saturday or a Sunday. And actually, it doesn't work like that precisely because of the circadian rhythms. The circadian rhythms need to be fed rhythmically with routine and regularity. So they like a regular wake-up time and a regular go-to-sleep time, which we've mentioned so often on this show. And what we need to not lose sight of is the fact that when the brain sleeps properly, um, it gets... It, it washes out the toxins, and it's a little bit like when you uh, floss your teeth. Sure. Um, there's plaque that builds up in your brain, and we need to get rid of that plaque. If we want to live, we're going to live longer, but if we want to live healthier, and that's that 
um, what what the uh, World Sleep Society has said, regular sleep, healthy future. Mm. Alzheimer's and Parkinson's pathology actually starts 20 years before you get it. And sure. that is what we need to be investing in and protecting yeah. is our brain against these degenerative diseases that start because of lifestyle, mm. largely because of lifestyle. And that means taking proactive steps now. It's a bit like feeding yourself decent food. We need to feed ourselves enough sleep. And we're all guilty of this. But I quite like, uh, and, and this, this analogy of the plaque and flossing your teeth was given to me by Joni Petty from Resilient People. And if you go and Google her on resilientpeople.coza. Mm, what um, does she say? She's, she's really big on sleep. She's a, a human behavior specialist and she she just gave me this you know this this vision of the plaque and and, the, the <laughs> and it's horrifying right exactly you know, <laughs> it makes you, you want to around. take a nap immediately <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly and and the fact that that these conditions actually start 20 years before they manifest sure. is a good reason to actually protect yourself and look after yourself and that means that we need to actually take some big steps or maybe baby steps. Let's yeah. talk about baby steps. Incremental. What are the baby yeah. steps that we can take sure. for ourselves and our children right now that could be helpful. Well, firstly, and I think this is really important, especially when you're, you're adults who have children battle, and you're battling to get enough sleep, is the power of the power nap. Mm. It's huge. And I have to say that that's something I perfected when my children were, were little. Uh, right, right through until they were teens, I would get to school a little earlier um, than necessary to pick them up. And I'd have a power nap for 20 minutes in my car. Mm-hmm. And I, my mum always said, you're amazing. You can sleep anywhere <laughs> during the day. And I could quite yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. I could lie on the floor and I could crash out for 20 minutes. And it's amazing. But you have to keep them short. Yeah. 20 minutes is the maximum time you should be asleep during the day. So a power nap is a good thing, a good habit to cultivate. Because it gives you that little boost to get through the rest of the day. I always say to my children, I'll be a nicer mother if I have my sleep. If you just let me sleep, kids, let me sleep. (laughs) And they couldn't come and interrupt me. And it's not a time when you work. It's not a time when you're on the phone. You must close your eyes, even if you don't sleep. Yeah. How do we encourage how do we encourage children to sleep and get the requisite amount of sleep that they need because that's also a constant battle right we're spending so much yeah. time in front of screens and so are they and um it's difficult to put those things down or switch them off every night becomes a battle yeah, it becomes a battle and, and, and we're partly to blame because we allow our children to stay up and watch TV and go to bed straight after watching TV instead of stopping the TV watching and then doing the nighttime routine of brushing teeth and having story time and slowing down and, and changing the light source. Sure. Uh, you know, we're in bright lights, the pineal gland, which produces the melatonin, um, you know, the minute there's a shaft of light, it, it starts working again and that's why we need block out curtains uh, you could go so far as to put red light bulbs in your bedside lamps because yeah. that tricks your brain into thinking it's sunset mm. so there's tiny hacks and um, you know these are important and then there are these blue uh, light blocking glasses that you can get and I keep saying I've I'm seen those good. online yeah yeah 
and they're only about 299 rand. I'm actually going to give you that um, website address, resilientpeople.coza, again, because if you go onto Journey's website, you can go to the Truly Blue link, and there are about 20 different pairs of glasses, including ones for kids, and you'll get an 8% discount if you use Journey, J-O-N-I. Um, Lovely for Truly Blue and she also has these very cute little eye masks which have got these sleepy eyes on them and I think that they'll be novel for children and maybe get you know how children when they're little use a dummy or a doo-doo blanket because mm. they know that that means sleep time a little comfort toy yes exactly now yeah. these little this little sleep mask is all soft and cuddly and um, it's almost like this reminder to your brain that now it's sleep time yeah part of that routine and, a lovely way to get them down and Joanie says she actually uses her sleep mask for her her power nap in the day because it's a signal for her brain so there are things that we can do and one of the things of course is to switch off cell phones of course and put them to bed yeah just Nikki, like we go to bed we've got you landy on the line welcome to the show you thank you so much for calling you want to weigh in on our on on the the issue of sleep and how it affects yes, our family Yes, thank you so much for taking my call. Pleasure. In the end of the day, I think this is such an important topic. Mm. I've been um, advocating World Sleep Day the whole day yesterday. I'm actually from a business called Good Night, and we love sleep, obviously. So thank you so much, Nikki, and you guys for you know celebrating this day and the importance of it. Because with babies, it does actually have a big impact. In the end of the day... You know, when your husband's not sleeping, it's his problem. <laughs> but if your baby's not sleeping, it's going to affect the whole family. So it really becomes like a horrible situation for the entire family. So I just wanted to thank you guys for celebrating this important day. <laughs> An absolute pleasure, Yolandi. Thanks for the enthusiasm. Thanks for calling. <laughs> It really is important. I mean, it it sets the tone for so much. Um, The routine, first of all, never mind the rest and the ability to learn. Now, Nikki, we basically have come to the end of our conversation. Um, uh, You want to leave us with um, an activity uh, activity that we can try out uh, over this weekend, a sensory one, right, for this long weekend. What have you got in mind? Long weekend and keeping sleep in top of mind, why don't you as a family make Play-Doh, homemade Play-Doh mm. with lavender oil in it. So lavender oil is the aromatherapy oil that calms us and is another biohack for sleep that you can put a drop on your children's wrist or on their um, pillow and it's a really good thing for sleep. So if you go to, just, just Google Nikki Bush Play-Doh and you will get to the best Play-Doh recipe in town and it's flour, salt, cream of tartar, boiling water and oil. It's cooking and science all rolled into one and it's so sensory. Play-Doh calms you, add that lavender oil and it will last for a month if you keep it in the fridge, add some food coloring. You could, uh, you know, break it into three different balls, three different colors of Play-Doh and your kids will be fascinated just at the whole Play-Doh making procedure, let alone playing with the Play-Doh afterwards. But try that lavender trick as well. It will help you. Absolutely love it. Thanks so much, Nikki. Looking forward to our conversation next week. You stay safe until then. That's our human expert, uh, human potential expert and parenting expert, Nikki Bush.